Welcome to SpotCast, your single point of contact podcast for the service management and support industries, brought to you by HDI, on the web at thinkhdi.com. Smarter service, better business, HDI. I'm your host for SpotCast, Roy Atkinson. Episode 28 is an interview with Rayanne Bruno. Rayanne is the president of Business Solutions Training, Inc., an organization focused on training and consulting in various areas of ITIL, Knowledge-Centered Service, KCS, Service Task Improvement, Internal Marketing, Metrics, and ITIL Process Improvement. Rayanne was inducted into the HDI Hall of Fame in 2017 and was named one of Sherwell's IT legends that same year. She holds several ITIL and HDI certifications, and is a business associate for HDI, ITIL, and Support Center certification courses and consulting. She's a member of the HDI International Standards Committee and a frequent speaker at leadership and support conferences and the author of HDI Focus Books, Translating IT Metrics into Business Benefits, and What Have You Done for Me Lately? Creating an Internal Marketing Culture. She'll be delivering Session 601, Wow Your Customers, Don't Just Satisfy Them, at Support World Live, a digital experience in August 2020. Rayanne, so nice to talk to you, and thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Roy, for having me. It is my pleasure. You're going to be doing a session at Support World Live, a digital experience this August, and it's called Wow Your Customers Don't Just Satisfy Them. Can you talk a little bit about why that might be important and how you get to wow? Sure. Uh, So first of all, I think it's important because especially as IT and as we've seen through COVID and just every aspect of our our jobs, even leading up to that and into this new normal world, uh, IT is a really vital part of business and the employee experience. And we need to understand instead of dictating services or putting out what we think people want based on requirements. We really need to understand how people work, understand that workflow, that customer journey. And we really can't get to wow until we understand that. I think just traditionally, IT has often worked in silos, even in the way that we measure or the way we deliver services. Everybody has their part, their focus in that area, what they're responsible for, and that's the part they pay attention to. But with this idea of really understanding the customer journey, trying to deliver a wow experience, we really have to understand the the desires, the outcomes, the workflows. And a little bit later, I'll talk about interactions and touch points, which are part of that journey. And we need to understand that. In fact, I believe that everybody in IT needs to know how we're making people's jobs easier, how we're helping the business to succeed, how we're helping employees to be productive or work efficiently. And when you say everybody in IT, we measure customer satisfaction or customer experience just in terms of the service desk. Do you feel it's important to get beyond that and have all of IT involved in this whole focus on the customer? Absolutely. Because first, I I think that it's important to know that customer satisfaction does not equate to customer experience. And just because they had one good transaction, it doesn't mean they're having a good customer experience or that they're they've got this positive perception of IT as a whole. And I think forever, employees or our customers, they never look at us as components of IT. They look at us as IT. And we tend to approach it from a very transactional or operational base. And we're not 
always looking across or rarely are we looking across every aspect of that experience. Ultimately, the reason for incidents, interruptions in people's work is that something went wrong. Something broke, a a, a process got broken somewhere along the line, a server went down, there's a break in the network. And sometimes we tend to forget that and we just think about that particular transaction. So thank thank you for illuminating and setting some light on that issue. Sure. Which brings us to what do you think the key elements are in customer experience and, and how do you define customer experience? Okay, so let's start with defining customer experience. And I, and I want to make a, a distinction here. To me, customer experience is the organization's ultimate customer. So if I support a restaurant chain, it's the people that come to the restaurant to eat. If it's a hospital, it's the patients. Ultimately, that's the customer experience. And I think that where we need to focus internally is the employee experience. And I actually want to differentiate that as well. Because interestingly, I was teaching a an HDI customer experience bootcamp uh, about a year ago. And 20 of the 22 people that were in class thought they were there because they had a customer experience initiative in their organization. But really, they had what I would call a user experience initiative. And the way I distinguish those is employee experience is often headed up by HR. And they don't always include IT in it. It's, it's very HR-centric. And then Conversely, IT will want to focus on this customer or or user experience, and it's only about them using the IT services and how they're using it. So employee experience is really important. Obviously, we'll have better, deliver better customer experiences if we have a better employee experience, these happy employees. Uh, And internally, I really think IT has got to partner with HR. Maybe we start with the user experience to show the proof of concept and the need and, and how valuable we can be in this effort, and then actually partner with HR. And I know there's a second part of that question that I want to get to, but interestingly, uh, Happy Signals has a survey that they do on a pretty regular basis. And it was interesting that through COVID, they actually were showing that employees were happier in their jobs working remotely. Now, that was a couple of months ago. So it would just be interesting to watch that trend, but it would also be interesting to understand why. Why were they happier working remotely? Were they more productive? Did they have better tools? You know, what was it overall? So then what you asked is, uh, what are some key elements? And one of these we already touched on, and that is to move from this transactional mentality about operation only and move into this focus on the end-to-end experience. The other aspect we touched on as well, and that it's not just pockets of IT, it's all of IT. When we're really focusing on it, what it means is we understand workflow, we understand business processes, we understand outcomes that are needed, and we're measuring, yes, we'll still measure in our respective areas, but we're also measuring across that end-to-end experience, and we'll get into a little more detail of that a little bit later, but we all are looking at that as well. And then Everybody in IT can say, oh, here's something we can do to make that better. And it's not a matter of pointing fingers at whose fault it is. It's a matter of how can we all get better at what we do. And I guess that leads to the third element, and that is that the metrics have to align with it. They can't be siloed only, and they can't be operational only. You keep coming back to the concept of silos, and we all know the danger, or at least those of us who think about these things, 
realize the danger of silos and how easy it is to have this happen to an organization. What are, what are some ways we can avoid that? And if we have a siloed organization, what do you think are some of the ways that we can start breaking those down? And, and how do we start that process? It's a great question. I actually just wrote an article on that recently. Uh, but let me share something from my past, which is sometimes we don't we, we look for magic or we look for some really structured ways. And it is a matter of of communicating. It's a matter of being able to look at trends, look across. So just an example, years ago, I was a trainer for a large electrical manufacturing company and the trainers were out training the screens as they had learned them from the developers. And we were training every aspect of our business, warehouses, manufacturing facilities, sales offices, even our customer distribution offices. And as we started to train, we found out very quickly that we hadn't really learned what these screens did by way of what people were doing in their jobs. So we were learning during class that, okay, it's not about this field, that field, this field, that field. And it might not even be in that sequence. The screens might not even be in the right sequence. So as we were learning the business processes and how they really did their jobs, their workflow, we were coming back to IT and saying, okay, we learned this. They said this. It would work better if it did this. This doesn't work at all. Uh, They really like this. And it was interesting, the manager over the developers actually became very frustrated and defensive. And he made a comment that the trainers were commiserating commiserating too much with the users and appearing negative against IT. And we were devastated because we felt like this feedback was really important. Well, to go ahead about eight months uh, after that, when we had completed the training initiative, and now we really understood how we went to business with our systems. We were holding some training in the evenings. It was about eight nights, two hour, two and a half hours a night. And we were bringing in free food because maybe some of the developers would want to come. Well, every developer signed up uh, more than we had room for in our training room. So we had to run it a couple of times. And at first we said, you must really be desperate for free food. And they're like, no, no, no. If you could read specs, you would know that those screens were spec perfect. However, you came back with all this feedback, and so now we want to understand what you understand. So the next time we roll something out or the next code that we write, they'll see how good we are. And I thought that was pretty enlightening, and it's it's really what has to happen to start breaking down the silos. This isn't us against you. This isn't you not doing something well. It's a matter of having that exposure. Idle 4 really talks about value co-creation. And in driving stakeholder value, they talk about how important it is to build relationships and build trust. So we've got to do that within IT, and we've also got to do that with the business. And I think something as simple as that, having the conversations, going out and seeing how business works, brainstorming together, innovating, collaborating, I think we can start to break down those silos. And also when we get the metrics right and we're really measuring the experience, then it's going to drive different behaviors and much more cooperation. Interesting that you went to ITIL 4 because that's where my brain was going. As, as you were talking, I was thinking about the focus on value proposition yes. that ITIL 4 Uh, brings forth and and thinking more holistically. Absolutely. And the driving stakeholder value fits perfectly with 
the customer experience or the employee experience and and really understanding outcomes and personas and touch points and interactions. So it's a, a nice complement to the effort. It certainly is. And I think there's lots of value in ITIL 4. I and agree. S- speaking of th- such things, you, know, you do a lot of training as you were just talking from something that you, you did in a, in a past uh, part of your career. But you do a, a good deal of training for HDI as well. Do you, do you think training is especially important now? And, and let's go a little farther with that and say, is this particular period during which people are working from home, et cetera, is this an opportunity for learning? Sure, absolutely. First of all, of course, I, I'm a huge advocate of training. Uh, it's it's definitely my passion. However, I do think that there are some things changing, you know, in this new normal that we'll have also generationally that will drive maybe different approaches to training. I think that to really focus on this customer experience and be able to understand desires, outcomes, build trust in these relationships, then we've got to have training along those lines as well. How do we do business? What are we in business to do? And I think right now I am seeing, I I think definitely there are opportunities. I think that for some companies, employees have more time to be able to do some virtual training. Uh, I I think it's changed the way we have to train. I I think there's definitely more demand for virtual. And I also think we really need to have a lot more experiential training where people are getting their hands on and, and they're doing it in the training and then they can go right out and apply it. And certainly there's no silver bullet training. It's you know, you have to look at what what's needed. Is it information? Is it new? You know, do we need to learn new skills? Uh, what might it be? But not to focus necessarily on the technology, although sometimes we do need to do that. You know, and so I, I think I'm not articulating this well, but with the customer experience, it's got a lot of moving parts. So it is about delivering the right technologies for people to do their jobs and integrating those technologies and helping them to know how to use them. And certainly everybody in IT needs to know that as well. But it's also about skills. It's about building these relationships. So having interpersonal skills, it's about really hearing what somebody is saying and not just focusing on these numbers I have to hit or focusing on the technology itself. So some training has got to go beyond the classroom. And interestingly, I, I read an article recently, and it was talking about Gen Z, who they have started coming into the workforce. And I think it's important to remember that generations are shaped by how they grew up, right? And, and I think expectations for work, the digital experience, or whatever they're using, their work tools, is driven by what they've used outside of work. So in this article, it actually talked about the youngest generation coming into the workforce being very much focused on having the right tools to do their jobs. They want to be productive, they want to collaborate, they want to be efficient, and that they would actually leave a company if they're not getting that opportunity. And from a training perspective, they expect to be able to be trained on an ongoing basis. They'd like to have some that's self-paced that they can do when, you know, on demand more or less. And then they just want to continually evolve and grow as needed within their jobs. I think that one of the key elements right now as we think about all of this, uh, as you mentioned, you know, different generations are going to have different methods of learning. What worked for me when I was 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 years old is not going to work for people now who are those ages because their experience sure. is so different from mine. But one of the key elements, it seems to me, is friction. 
right? The, the easier you make it for people to do things, especially now where we're growing up in digital environments and, and we know how you, know, you touch this screen and something happens, we need to be very aware of that kind of friction and every element of the customer experience. That's that's my thinking anyway. Would you agree or disagree? Or? Yeah, I, I absolutely love that you brought that up. And I think that also leads to a metric or, or something that we need to look at, and that's customer effort. And what I always say, it's not just for the people that we're providing services to and are, we're supporting, but it's also even for people in IT. How can we make their jobs easier? I know sometimes when I teach KCS, some people will say, oh, my gosh, finally, my company is going to do this. This has been such a frustration that I don't have answers at my fingertips. So it's got to be easy for them, too. And actually, let me share this this one example, and I think speaks to that. Uh, I, I think you I, mean, I know, you know, Nate Brown, and uh, the, he's the founder of CX Accelerator. But years ago, when he was working with a call center, and they recognize how important it is to collect informal feedback, just comments that people make. They, he made it really easy for them to capture that feedback. He bought this CX magic button. It just plugs into the USB port of a computer. And when they pressed it, it took them to a SharePoint site where they could write the comment. And then they used some tools to be able to go through there and find some patterns of feedback. But think about it. If it wasn't as easy as pushing a button and bringing up the screen where I type, probably a whole lot of people wouldn't type it. And we even see that at the service desk, right? Where if it takes them less time to answer a call or a question than it does to fill out the ticket, they probably won't fill out the ticket. Does that line up with what you were asking? Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. And and I will point to the fact that you you mentioned Nate's uh, easy button there. And uh, we had a recent HDI award-winning team and their innovation was using a button that was uh, – associated with a particular device in a healthcare institution and so all the person had to do was push the button and because it was bound to a particular device IT immediately knew where the problem was could send somebody there to do it the person Ooh, I love it they didn't have to fill out a ticket they didn't have to do anything they just had to push the button and walk away and there IT you go would pick it up yeah <laughs> So that's that's Can't how get it should any be. lower customer effort than that, right? No, and 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 customer effort score is a. I'm a big proponent of of CES, and and that's one of the reasons why, because it's so telling, on what people will do. Because as we know, people will subvert processes that are too complicated, that's... or take too long, or too difficult. Absolutely. So I, you just touched on another element that's so important that I didn't mention earlier, and that is monitoring or trending that behavior. If we're not getting the behaviors or the results or the outcomes that we're going for, then something's not working properly. So let's look at it all. What can we make easier or where can we lower that effort on both sides again, you know, on the customer side and on the people providing the services? And sometimes the difference is huge. I can remember, uh, a project that I was involved with where we did an analysis of a particular set of processes that this one area of the institution did. And uh, we walked through everything. We just said, okay, show us how you do this. And it was 37 steps long. <laughs> and we, we got it down to six. Wow. And, and and they were totally blown away by the fact that we were able to reduce that amount of effort. And, we, and the, ultimately the object was to find the application that was right for this particular department. And uh, so we really did a, a good re requirements analysis. But before we even got there, 
we just said show us what you do and that's it, you know you alluded to that before with your training story and it's really really important to do that and and you know ask the people to who do the work is one of my mantras i think it's so important to actually see it in operation and watch what they do and have them tell you what they do Absolutely. And that's something that I will touch on in the session. And, you know, you know, the gumbo walk from lean uh, and even Kaizen's from lean. How do we eliminate waste? Uh, let's walk. Let's go to the place of work and understand it. I think that's absolutely a, a necessity when it comes to the customer experience. And I think that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. And even these days when there's so much talk about customer experience and as you touched on employee experience, a lot of organizations may not be seeing the value. They're looking at technology driving the numbers as opposed to you know, behaviors and people driving the numbers. What, do you, what advice would you have for organizations that haven't focused on the importance of customer experience, even with regard to internal service desks, who you know their customers being the employees? Well, the short answer is change your perspective and do it. <laughs> but I, I think it's important. You said something a little earlier. You said we're not going to have, as, you know, we have incidents because something is broken. And we might have repeat calls. We might have, like, if we're not looking at trends and we're not understanding how the business is impacted, and if we don't know how it's actually even impacting external customers, if we don't have visibility to that, then we are going to stay siloed and we are going to stay very operational in our attempts. I, I think that if people are thinking about it, uh, first of all, you know, really learn about it and understand it. Uh, two of the concepts that driving stakeholder value talks about is a touch point versus an interaction. And touch points are somewhat out of our control. A touch point could be a comment to a colleague uh, for external facing organizations. It could be something in social media. And it's forming perceptions. Like you said a little earlier, if you make this too difficult, I won't. I will bypass your processes. So it's something to be aware of and start to learn from. And that's where the informal feedback and capturing comments comes in. And then interactions is reciprocal. Somebody went onto the service catalog, they downloaded something, uh, somebody participated in this project, and and now we're delivering it. You know, whatever it might be, it's 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 actually reciprocal. And I think it's important to recognize that. First, there's no silver bullet. It's not easy. It's not short. I think the seven guiding principles come in very handy here. Start where you are. Move forward iteratively with feedback. You know, collaborate. All of them come into play. So it's a matter of building the trust, building the relationship. Like you said, go to where the work is. Understand it. Understand what those outcomes really are. We've got to get beyond just requirements. Just like you said, how how do you work today? How would you like to work? And what can we do? So we've got to connect those dots between what they – what well, actually, the connecting the dots part, that's another generational piece is that employees want to know how what they do every day is impacting the business. So help, how do we help to connect those dots and allow them to – be more productive, allow them to work efficiently, allow them to collaborate and do whatever it is that they need to do in their jobs. And I think, too, to, to know that it's a culture change, and that's never easy. However, if we're asking the right questions and having the right conversations, just to your point, you know, you went from, would you say, 30-some steps down to six. Yeah. Now, now you're you're somebody I like, right? Now you are somebody I want to have a relationship with and you are somebody that values what I do and you're somebody that's going to help me in my job. So you're not just IT that we're required to work with and you're not just supporting the business, but now you are an integral part of making the business better. And I think that when we start 
to do that, then you're going to see the the culture change automatically, you know, just just organically. And also, I think that because we have all these generations, understanding the expectations and how IT is helping them is going to make a huge difference. And it should help to change the culture a lot faster. You brought up the idea of measuring quite a few times during this conversation. And we all know you've heard me talk about metrics and, and probably, you know, oh, a lot of people have heard us talk about metrics over the years. And go, oh, no, they're eye rolling, right? Oh, no, they're talking about metrics again. Let's not go there again. Yeah, please don't. But I'm going <laughs> to. So, yeah. So what do you think are important measures for now? You talked about, uh, you know, measuring CX and, and, and how you do that. Uh, but what are, what are some of the most important ones that support centers might be missing right now or maybe putting emphasis in the wrong place? Sure. So I don't know if you're familiar with Citrus Collab, but they've got a couple of phrases that they've coined. And one is moments over time. And, and a point that they, they make is that the customer experience is a just a combination of moments over time. And some of those moments may have been positive. Some of them may have not. And if you're an external facing company, you could lose customers because of these moments over time, because that we missed those that were negative. We didn't know about these. And, and some of those are the touch points, right, that we might not really be involved in. So I think our metrics need to be cumulative. And I think we need to look for things like how often is this happening for this particular group, for this particular person? How many times did this person have to call back? Did they submit the same ticket through chat, email, and a phone call? Why? Did they feel like they didn't? Did we not set their expectations? And, and just start learning. Also, sentiment is really important. And a lot of times we don't document that. So that comes back to the whole it's easy button and let's capture these comments. Why are they frustrated or why are they so excited? Why did they think this was great? So it's that concept of augmenting or aligning experience level agreements with your service level agreements. So you identify what we call XIs. So those are experience indicators. So you talked about customer effort, maybe making, you know, being easy to do business with or making my job easier. Maybe that's an experience indicator that I have to look at. So I think support has to not just look at each transaction. Did I hit these numbers? But we have to look at trends and we have to start understanding how people are feeling. And if somebody used it, like I remember years ago, somebody did, uh, they just took a, an internal study and they said, you know, we have this many potential and it was about 8,000 potential people in our organization who could call support and only about 2,100 were calling support. So what were the other nearly 6,000 people doing for support? Because you know, they, they needed to have it at some point. And so how do we get under that as well? And remember that when we do transactional surveys or customer satisfaction surveys, we are only surveying the people who are using our services. So we don't know about those people who aren't and why. Uh, we did talk about customer effort. And then I just think really we've got to align these with business metrics. Are we able to meet these business goals because of these differences? Are we soliciting that feedback? Are we collectively looking at this on a month-to-month basis on the sentiment are we continually improving and are we able to measure those improvements and just what trends are we seeing? Yeah, that's, you talked about XLAs You can and you can look that up online if you want XLAs and, and find what Citrus Collab is doing. 
Uh, it's a very interesting concept that's, that's different yet the same uh, and aligns with a lot of what Rayanne has been talking about. And Rayanne, you also mentioned KCS, and for those who don't know uh, what that is, it's, it's knowledge-centered service. Uh, it's, a, it's a way of uh, – it's DevOps for knowledge management. Let's, let's put it that like way. That. Right? Iteration, frequent feedback, and, and improvement. So um, it, it's really a great way to do knowledge and capture knowledge, and we've, we've done some interesting work in that regard. And to your point, since you brought up DevOps and, and Agile, I, those companies that aren't doing customer experience today, honestly, when you do, it's a way to become more Agile in our work efforts. And I think it not only makes employees' jobs easier, but it actually frees up IT resources to use for more value-add work. You know, potentially, uh, if you use swarming and you're getting more people back to work on that first touch, and swarming is also a KCS concept, it's where you bring in that escalation or that expert during the real-time interaction with the customer to get them back sooner. But think about it, when we get better at that and we're capturing it in our knowledge base and we're all learning from it, now we're freeing up resources to maybe focus on innovation or something else that is a really important aspect or an area where we want to focus in our companies. Absolutely true. Wow. That's it. And, and that's the operative word in your session title for Support World Live a Digital Experience. Wow. wow. I like your how customers. you did that. <laughs> See, this is how we, we operate here. Uh, so it, it is a, always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, and uh, I hope to see you actually in person again sometime soon when we're out <laughs> and about and whatever that may be in the new normal. And uh, I'm looking forward to your session and support we're alive and we will talk to you soon thank you roy and i always love how you you ask those challenging questions and make us all think thank you for listening visit hdi on the web at thinkhdi.com to learn more about our events training consulting services research and more i'm your host roy atkinson until next time take care <laughs>